Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. I am super excited to have a fantastic person on the line with us today. He's so much fun to talk to. We've had such great conversations about all sorts of things so far, and I'm so glad he's on the show. His name is Reggie Mara, and Reggie is the author of four volumes of poetry and four nonfiction titles. His most recent book, Enough with the Talking Points, Doing More Good Than Harm in Conversation, was released in June of 2020. Reggie has conducted poetry writing and adult development and healing workshops since 1997, including work with the NEA's Poetry Out Loud program, the National Association for Poetry Therapy, the Connecticut Higher Order Thinking Schools Program, the Transformative Language Arts Network, Telosis Institute, the Arts Alliance of Northern New Hampshire, Healing Newtown, the National Speakers Association, and in schools throughout the Northeastern United States. He's an integral master coach, a voice dialogue practitioner, and nature-based soulcraft practitioner through Bill Platkin and Animals Valley Institute. Animus Valley Institute. Prior to 1997, he spent 21 years as a teacher, basketball coach, and administrator in secondary and higher education in New York. You can find more about him at his website, reggimara.com. So go there, check him out. Also, connect with him across social media. As always, you can find those links in the show notes. Reggie, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Mario. It's good to be here. It's great to have you. I mean, we had some great... First of all, let's talk really quickly about poetry because it's something that's come up on the show in the past, and I love talking about it because I don't think a lot of people really go there. And you know, tell us a little bit about your love for poetry. Yeah, so so I was raised, unfortunately, the way many people in my generation were raised, where poetry was something you had to you had to learn about in school, and you were told to read a poem, maybe memorize it, and then you were told what it meant. And that that wasn't fun, so it scared a lot of us away. But I really came to poetry through songwriting. I'm not a songwriter, but I I loved certain songwriters, and I got to see the connections. And I'm musically inept, so I just went after the poetry part of it, the lyrical part of it, and um, have had some really wonderful teachers both in person and uh, just through reading their work um, over the years and just just fell in love with poetry as a kind of a nonlinear um, image-based way to uh, better understand myself in the world. That's so fascinating. Cause I'm the same way. I love like songwriters and I love watching like the behind the music type shows yeah. and hearing how they write their, their creative process. I love music, but don't ask me to play music. I like to sing in the shower and in the car when no one else is around, Yeah, but I wouldn't subject anyone else to that. 
Yep, got it. We're, we're on, we, we went to the same music school, I think. <laughs> that's right. I love it, though. But so that's super interesting. So I remember when I was in school, we had this thing every year when I was in like elementary school into like junior high, I would say, um, like kindergarten through eighth grade, where it was pencil. It was pet because I'm in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Young Poets Association, I believe it was, to put it on. And they would make us all write a poem and then we would submit the poem and then you know, a certain portion, they would like judge them or, or whatnot. But then the ones who were accepted got to be published in this book of Pennsylvania Young Poets. And that was like such an exciting thing as a kid to get your poem published. So I have like five or six volumes of these books. <laughs> I think they're in my parents' basement, actually, because my parents, they have bookshelves in their basement. But yeah, that was super exciting to be a published poet at, at such a young age. It was cool. Well, there's a great opportunity. I mean, when I was doing poetry in the schools, which I still do a little bit of nowadays, the first thing I do is I, 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 I take away, I attempt to take away any fear of writing in general and writing of poetry and more specifically, and just give um, the kids, whether they're in third grade or they're seniors in high school or in college, the freedom to write, to express themselves, to be in conversation with themselves or with the world at large, whatever they want to write about. And once they have that freedom and they know it's not going to get marked with red X's, it's pretty amazing what comes out. Yeah. You've written four books of poetry, but you've also written four nonfiction works. What do you get more satisfaction out of personally, writing a really great piece of poetry or finishing an actual nonfiction title? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a, this is going to sound like a politician's answer, but it's true. Each each of them does something different for me. So the, the, the poem, poems tend to have a life of their own, and I'm kind of the steward of a poem. And um, and so when, I, when, when a poem is finished, sometimes I'm surprised by how it ends up. Sometimes um, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I, I, I like what happened. With, with nonfiction, um, I tend to be writing with a specific purpose in mind. Not that I don't learn as I go, because I often do. The writing process itself is an exploratory process. But but the this occasional surprise of a poem, my own poem, um, is a great feeling. But the you know completing, if if I'm making some kind of an argument or making a case for something in terms of nonfiction, and I get through that process and the case seems pretty solid. Um, that's satisfying to me as well. So they, they each carry a different type of satisfaction. And that's the truth. I would tell that to anybody, Democrat or Republican. Um, so I'm, I'm not being political with that. So, yeah. so you're a writer, you're an educator, and you have a massive bookshelf behind you filled with different types of books. It's it's impressive. It's like the whole wall behind you. Yeah. So you're really into you know reading, writing, educating. How does that lead into coaching? Um. Yeah, that's a great, thank you for that question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. So I have a, a, lo- a love of learning, a thirst for knowledge, and it's really a thirst for understanding life, what it means to be alive and human, et cetera. So my my, read, my reading and my thirst for knowledge tends to be somewhat um, disparate. Like I, I just, I read philosophy, religion, psychology, anthropology, current events, politics, across the board. I want to understand as much as I can. Uh, I'm never going to get done with what I want. You know, I'm getting older and there's still more books to read. But to your point, what ends up happening, um, because I tend to retain a lot of what I read, which is a blessing, 
you know, I'm just happy that happens. But I read very carefully and I take notes and I read end notes and footnotes. I read the entire book. I don't leave anything unread. It allows me to have a kind of broad-based sense of the world. I think of myself as a generalist, even though I do specifically have an expertise, I think, in writing, in coaching, and, and as an educator. So as a coach, then, when I sit down to speak with a prospective client or when I'm coaching client, um, I have the benefit of a broad base of my own personal life experience and that other base of not direct experience, but what I've been able to um, absorb and understand through um, the reading and the writing of, of other authors. See, people who are expert, who are experts, whether it's in psychology or spirituality or anthropology or what have you. And so I think that broad base allows me to be comfortable in conversation with most people, you know, who are, who are kind and civil towards me. Um, and I think that that lends itself to the coaching. Um, yeah. So let's talk about your reading process really quickly, because you touched on it there that you read every word of every book and you really get into it. How fast of a reader are you? I don't, so I can't compare it to anyone else because I have no idea how fast other people read. I consider myself a relatively slow reader. Now, there's two parts to that. One is I can move my eyes pretty quickly down a page, back and forth and down a page, um, and comprehend what I'm reading. Um, but I tend to linger and go back on a given page when something piques my interest and I want to make sure I got it. Um, and when, when there are footnotes you know, or endnotes in a text, right now I'm just finishing John Meacham's, I just finished last night, John Meacham's The Soul of America. And in the back are notes, I mean, every page has at least 10, sometimes 30 references, not in terms of marked notes, but you kind of know it's there. And I tend to, to flip back and forth between the sources and what I'm reading because I like to know where it came from and it just deepens my sense of, of what I'm reading, especially with, in this case with historical figures um, and commentary on history. Uh, so I think I'm relatively slow, but I'd have to, I'd have to you know, compare my speed with someone else to really know for sure. Now, do you, when you're reading and you said you take notes, are you a pen and paper kind of note taker guy uh, or that kind of guy? Or are you a highlighter type of guy? How do you keep track of the notes from what you read? It's, it's, it's evolved over the years. And so right now what I do is I have a, you know, I have a pen in my hand. I underline, I bracket, I stars, and I, and I write notes in the margins. And if I get a real, if I get an idea that I think is important to me moving forward, maybe in my own writing, I'll note the page. Now, typically there's a couple of blank pages or the back cover of the book is blank and I'll write there. So my but books are things I intend usually to hold on to. Um, I, I have gotten rid of some over the years, but, but the ones that I take a lot of notes in that I feel I've learned from, I like being able to refer back to them. So I'm a pen in the hand reader. Yeah. I have a thing about that. Like I, when I'm studying something, like for a class or something that I need to take information from, I sit with an open notebook and write in that notebook as I'm reading, and it takes me longer. However, you know, I think I keep thinking, you know, if I used a highlighter, if I wrote on the book, it would be so much faster and more efficient. But I hate to mark up books. I don't know why. I just I hate to have markings in my books. Like it's like I ruined the book or something. I don't know why I have that that belief. 
Well, I'm smiling as you say that because I mean, I have, I used to do that. I used to, you know, take notes. There, there are certain books I've read where I've outlined the entire book. I had my own little synopsis of it, uh, my own abridged version of the what I thought were the key points. But I was raised early on um, where you didn't write in books, both in school and at home. And I've I've chosen to I don't know if outgrow is the right word, but I've chosen to abandon that belief. So, you know. I bought it, I paid for it, it's mine, and it just works for me. I mean, basically, it's, it's, a, it's a facilitation. It's what really is the most pragmatic approach for me personally. So I, you know, I write in the book and, and mark it up for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to get over that because even as we're talking about two weeks ago, I bought a brand new pack of highlighters because I'm like, I'm going to start using these. That way I don't have to take as many notes. I can be more efficient. I can be faster. And I haven't opened the package yet. It's still sitting there and I look at them and I'm like, eh, I get it. I want to use them, but I don't want to destroy that book. And not that it's going to destroy it. Not, And I don't ever plan on giving it to anyone else or anything like that. I'm going to keep it. I don't know why. It's just like the book's so clean and pure. Once I mark it up, now it's ruined. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you can help me with that, though. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would never assume to tell you what to do, but marking <laughs> the book up doesn't ruin it. It makes it more personal. <laughs> Got it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about that belief or work on that belief and begin to. I know as soon as I make that first mark, it's gonna hurt, but then it'll open up a whole new world of efficiency. It, yeah, and I would say explore. Maybe you don't need a highlighter. Maybe you're just gonna nice a nice gel pen blue or black, whatever color you like, and just use asterisks and an occasional underline or a bracket. And it has a different feel to it. Cause I used, I try, I never liked using like the yellow highlighter, the marker. I tried that and I never liked it. So I just use, typically it's a blue pen. Um, but I'm not even, you know, if I can't find the blue one, if the black one is nearby, that's what I'm using. So I don't, I'm not yeah. too um, tied into the, the specifics of it, but I just need to, to write my notes and mark it up. Got it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And I can't wait to have you back on the next episode because there's more I want to talk about, specifically conversation, because we talked in your your latest book talks about learning how to do more good than harm in conversation. And conversation is something I'm super passionate about. So I definitely want to dive into that. I believe that if people are having more conversations or not if they're having, but if people would intentionally have more conversations and aim to do good in those conversations rather than creating some kind of predetermined result, they're going to get much better results overall in the long term. And I know that that's something that you're passionate about as well. So I can't wait to speak with you on the next show about that. Yeah, great. It sounds good. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. 
Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.